Okay, so today, Craig asked me to just talk about serving the Lord and what that looks like in our church today. Um, so I'm going to be talking about servanthood. So the first thing I want to say is servanthood is divine and begins in eternity. Now, you cannot talk about being a servant without talking about Jesus and following the example he set for us about what it looks like to truly serve him. And when we read the Bible, we see God revealed to us as the three in one. You know, we have God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Within the Trinity, we see servanthood exemplified. Jesus serves the Father, and the Holy Spirit serves Jesus and the Father. So this is not something that we came up with, you know. If we are to truly understand what it means to serve God, we must look to the Bible and look to Jesus. We must look to Jesus. The Bible says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Okay. This is the heart of Jesus. This is the humility of Jesus. He did not come here to be served, but to serve. Not only did he come to serve us, he came to die for us that we might have life. So if you don't know Jesus or you're exploring faith, what I want you to know is Jesus longs to have a relationship with you. He longs to be a part of your life to come into your life, to change your life. He loves you so, so, so much that he took the weight of the sins of the entire world upon him that you might have life. Okay. So in John 14, verses 16 to 17, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. Okay. So we see the Father sends the helper to help us in our journey, to help us to serve him faithfully. Later on in, in John 16, verse 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus speaking. For I did not go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Okay. So when Jesus is risen and he ascends into heaven, he sends the Holy Spirit who becomes our helper. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to live the life God has called us to. So, so we see that servanthood is a part of the divine nature of the Trinity. Okay, didn't begin with humanity; it began in eternity. Okay, one of the truest markers of godness is a willingness to serve Jesus and to serve others. Okay, so what does it mean to be a servant? So the Greek translation of the word servant is doulos, 
which means literally a slave or a bond servant. Someone who is subservient to and entirely at the disposal of his master. Okay. So in Roman times, the term bond servant or slave would refer to someone who voluntarily served others. But it usually, but it also meant usually um, referred to one who was held in a permanent position of servitude. Under Roman law, a bond servant was considered the owner's property. And you also see this in the Old Testament, you know, underneath the Mosaic law, um, servants were allowed, and no, an indentured servant could become a bond servant voluntarily. You know, often if people were like, for example, in debt, you could volunteer yourself to become a servant. You know, in Exodus 21, verses 5 to 6, we see this. It says, but if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to God, and he shall bring him to the door or to the doorpost, and his master shall bear, shall bear his ear through with an awl, and he shall be his slave forever. So it's something you could volunteer into. Yeah. And throughout the New Testament, the word bond servant, slave, or servant is applied metaphorically to serve someone absolutely and to, to just show your dedication to Jesus. You know, we see this through Paul, Timothy, Jesus, Peter, Jude, all of them, they all describe themselves as servants of Christ. So every time we see the word servant, what they're really saying is, we're slaves for you, we're slaves for Christ. Yeah. And in 2 Corinthians 4 verses 5, you know, Paul says, you know, for what we proclaim is not of ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. And um, as I look at this verse, there are three things that kind of that stand out to me. And the first thing is, you know, it begins by saying, for what we proclaim is not of ourselves. It's, so the first thing is, set aside all thoughts of yourself. Okay? The world continues to try to convince us that the path to happiness, the path to life, begins with focusing on, on yourself and discovering your truth. That's what we continually hear. You know? Life is about you. It's about serving yourself. It's about doing what's best for you. It's about discovering your truth. Um, and the danger is this kind of thinking begins to creep into the church as we see people serve just for their own purposes. You know, people begin to do things that make them feel good, things that make them look good. So set aside your selfish ambition. Don't be self-centered. Don't be self-promoting. Nothing good ever comes from focusing only, only on yourself. And then he says, and then what we see is 
Paul says, not of ourselves, but of Jesus Christ. So proclaim Jesus Christ. Okay. That's the other thing. Lift Jesus up. You know, Jesus said in John 12, verses, no, John 12, verse 32 says, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. So lift Jesus, praise him, honor him, lift the name of Jesus up. We serve because we want to see Jesus lifted up. We want to see glory brought to his name. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Okay. So again, aim to become a slave for Jesus Christ. Okay. Aim to become a slave for Jesus Christ. And some of us here, we're leaders in our communities. We have positions of influence. And the question was, are you willing to serve God faithfully? Are you willing to be like a slave and serve those, especially those who you might consider the least of us and the least among us? Remember, everything that we do, we do for the glory of Jesus. It's so that people might see Jesus. So the key to leadership in church, again, is service. It's humility. That's what we see modeled in the Bible. That's what we see modeled through Jesus Christ. Okay. And so in Matthew 20, verses 25 to 27, it says, But Jesus called them to him and said, You know the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise their authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great amongst you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Okay. So again, what we see in the world is leaders' desire to acquire power, glory, positions of honor, that's what we see. This is the kind of leadership that is displayed in the world. And again, the danger is that kind of thinking starts to creep into the church. You know, as people seek to do only what serves them. We see it all over social media with the rise of social media influences, Christian influences. And the focus can very quickly be taken off Jesus it becomes all about creating a platform for yourself and making yourself look good. Okay. And again, in the Bible, we, we, we see James and John make what appeared to be a really arrogant request. You know? So they asked Jesus if they could be at his side when he is in heaven. Okay. And... Again, we see the rest of the disciples just looking at them, absolutely in shock at how they could make that request. But then in the book of John, we see a very different picture. Jesus models what it is to be a servant. So John 13, verses 12 to 17, you know, it says, he, he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet 
and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Okay. So this is what Jesus does for his disciples. And sometimes what we have to understand is in those days, they would have been walking around all day in sandals. Their feet would have been dirty, absolutely dirty, probably disgusting. You know. And then they would have had to, you know, when they had meals, they sat in reclining tables, and so their feet would have been visible. So it was kind of an essential thing to wash your feet before you had a meal. And it was probably something that would have been reserved for the lowliest of servants. I mean, you're washing dirty feet. But no, it wasn't beneath Jesus. Jesus was willing to humble himself and wash the feet of his disciples. You know, it says when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he asked them, do you not understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your your Says, if I have washed your feet, you also ought to wash some one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So are we willing to pick up our bowl and our towel and wash the feet of those around us? You know, there are many leaders in the world that love to exercise authority and lord it over other people. We will be found amongst those who are willing to humble ourselves and say, yeah, today I'm going to pick up my bowl and my towel and I will do what is countercultural the exact opposite of what the world teaches and expects. And I will serve. And I will wash the feet even of those that are considered the lowliest among us. Okay. Servant leadership is about giving of yourself so that the whole church and the community is challenged to grow to be more like Jesus Christ. As a servant leader, you represent Christ and his authority. Yeah, you represent Christ. What an honor to be able to walk this world and be an ambassador for Jesus Christ, the very son of God. One of the most amazing pieces of scripture, it's one of my favorite passages, comes from Philippians 2. And it's often described as the hymn of Christ. And in it, Paul encourages us to have the attitude of Christ, the mind of Christ, some translations say. And it says, though he was in the form of God, talking about Jesus, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men 
And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So this is the Jesus we serve. This is the heart that he had for us. He was willing to empty himself of everything, give up the right you know, to be God. Doesn't mean he wasn't God. I mean, when he walked the earth, he was fully human and fully God, but that just shows the humility he had. And if you'd call yourself a follower of Jesus, you get to be an ambassador for him. You get to represent him and his authority here. Jesus is the ultimate servant. And don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. The only kind of servant would, that matters is, the, is that which we see in the Bible. In my opinion, that's what we should do, be doing. That's what we should be looking to. The world has different ideas of what it means to lead, of what it means to serve. And I believe if we are Christians, part of our purpose is in reading the Bible and understanding what does God, what does it look like to serve in my daily life? What does it look like to truly follow him? And yes, for many of us, it might be challenging. You might even face humiliation as you do things that people just think, you know, are above the leaders. Yeah. Think about it. If you hold a title such as boss, headmaster, you're a leader of a community, what does it really look like for you to serve? What does picking up a bowl and a towel look like for you in your daily life. I remember years ago, I was in South Africa. I lived in South Africa for about 10 years. And when I was a student, I lived in Cape Town in a sort of big Victorian house. And I remember I, I lived with my landlord and landlady. Um, Jean and Alan Nightingfit. And so I remember they loved Jesus. They were passionate, especially Jean. She was so passionate about serving the Lord. I remember the first time when I walked in and she didn't know I was a Christian. She came up and said, listen, Killian, if you're going to come into our house, you need to understand that we believe in having a Christian ethos. Okay. Um, there are often rooms to students from all over the world. Um, so not everyone was necessarily a believer. But they said, this is how we do things. You can come saying you're as willing, as long as you're willing to respect those rules. And I remember every single day, we would have dinner at 7 p.m. We all had to come down. She had a bell that she would ring and would all come from our rooms. We'd have dinner together and would wash dishes together. And we had dinner Monday to Friday. And I remember when she said, when you pay your rent, you don't need to worry about food. I'll do the shopping for the whole entire house. And yeah. And then one day, you know, I was having a conversation with her. I went to visit her. It was her 75th birthday. And she said, you know what? Um, 
I was praying to God. And so we had a woman, her name was Victoria. She would come and she was like the housekeeper. She would come in and clean our rooms. She would come in on Tuesday and Fridays to clean our rooms. So she said, you know, I felt like God really challenged me to invite Victoria's family over. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. So she invited Victoria's family over to her home. And she had a meal together. You know, they sat in her living room, dining room table. They spent the afternoon together. She made a meal for them. And she served them. And I remember she said to Victoria, because Victoria was so used to running around for her, she said, no, not today, Victoria. Today I'm serving you. You are a guest in this house. You're not coming as a housekeeper. You're my guest. And she served them. It was absolutely such a transformative moment for Victoria, because she was like, this is so bizarre for us, because this is crazy. There's this white, you know, old woman, and she's inviting us into her home. And then Jane said she felt God challenge her to go to Victoria's home. And so at that time, Victoria lived in a township, Kailicha, in Cape Town. And so she drove her car and said she went across town to Kailicha and she spent the day with her family. Um, she, I remember Jane told me she was so nervous because you hear stories of crime and all this, but she went anyway. And she said they, she spent the day with the family. They invited it in. She said it was one of the most amazing experiences. They had so much fun. Great conversation. The community around absolutely loved her. They were so shocked and surprised to see this white woman willing to come and spend the day with them. But it was amazing for her. So it was so transformative. All my preconceptions about each other were completely shattered in that moment. Victoria's family couldn't believe it. They were like, this is just so bizarre. This just doesn't happen, you know. White people don't come across and spend a meal with us. But she did it anyway. Yeah. I said, because the spirit of the God told me. I says, do this. Yeah. And, and then I had another friend of mine as well, Jan. So during the time, um, just two years ago, when all the Black Lives Matter stuff was happening, Jan came out to me and said, Killian, what do I do? I don't know what to do, I feel so guilty. So first of all, I said, Jan, what you need to do is stop posting black squares. It does nothing, I promise you, just trust me. But anyway, what I said to Jan, what you have to realize, one of the most transforming, transformative things is proximity. I said, what do you mean? I said, have you ever had a person of color in your home, ever? Okay. I'm not talking about the person you meet in the office. I'm not talking about the person you play. I'm talking about literally having someone in your personal space around your dinner table. And she said, I didn't even think about that. And I said, I challenge you. Why don't you do that? Get out of your comfort zone. Invite somebody into your personal space. And then you tell me how you feel. Tell me what that experience was like, you know? And so, again, she came back to me and she said, it was just absolutely amazing. It was stunned. She was so surprised. It's like we sat together, and again, she watched 
so many ideas and preconceptions and all these things we think up and they were all shattered in that moment. And it deepened the relationship with those people that it, she invited over. Okay. So again, I, I asked, what is God calling you to do? How is God calling you to serve other people in your community? I encourage you to really spend time in the word, inclining your heart to the spirit of God and listening to see what he's calling you to do. These transformative moments happen when we begin to live in obedience to God, when we lay aside all our feelings, our discomfort, and we choose instead to serve God. It was the case with both these women. It was so uncomfortable. It was so completely out of their comfort zone. But what was undeniable was the transformed relationship after that. That was the amazing thing for them. Okay. And ultimately, God was glorified. And that's what really matters Everything that we do is so that the name of Jesus might be lifted high. We serve that so that the people we serve might come to know Jesus. And I really want to emphasize this point because I sometimes feel like the focus on Jesus gets lost sometimes. You know, I see people running around in church sometimes, but it's easy to forget the reason for why we do what we do. So lift up the name of Jesus. There's something so profound about having the name of Jesus on your lips. The world does not like to see the name of Jesus lifted high. Sometimes the reaction can be very visceral when you begin to use the name of Jesus. So remember, as you go about seeking to serve the Lord. It is not man you're serving. It is not people. It is Jesus Christ. Okay. And what are some ways we can serve? Again, here at Hope Church, I know we have opportunities with Hope Kids, with Hope Youth. Yeah. There's the hospitality team. If you are coming to church every Sunday and you're wondering what you can do, why don't you just take that step? Put your name down for one of those things. Yeah. Don't be the kind of person who just comes to church every Sunday and sits on the sideline. The Christian life becomes exciting when you, when you live in obedience to God and you start to do what he commands you to do. So I encourage you to, yeah, follow Jesus. Discover where you can serve him faithfully. It doesn't have to be anything big. It can be the simplest of things. As long as you serve him truly, truthfully, and it comes from the heart.
And finally, I just want to say, you know, Galatians 5 verses 13 says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Again, there's something really special when us as believers live in love and we serve one another. I believe it brings so much glory to God. I know the Bible also says, by this, by this shall the world know that you are my, that you are my disciples, that you love one another. Okay. So let's serve one another faithfully. Let's serve the Lord faithfully. Okay. Yeah, so that's what I had to share today. And I'm grateful for, to Craig for giving me this opportunity to practice coming up and to preach. And my prayer is that God would bless all of you in your daily lives. And that the Holy Spirit would be with you and inspire you to truly serve Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you. And I, and I think we hope that God just continues to bless you. Thank you, Killian. I think let's take that message of service and humility with us, remembering always it's not about us. Also, let's be an example of, of God's love and kindness in our communities so that he's glorified. I think that's the essence um, for the week ahead. So as you go out now, please don't rush off. Um, have a cup of tea and coffee and have a truly blessed Sunday. Thank you. God bless.